Welcome to the Restaurant Marketing Podcast, where we talk about how multi-unit brands successfully market at the local level. Today in the show, we have Bob Anderson, president from the Great Greek Mediterranean Grill. They're a fast casual brand based in West Palm Beach, Florida, with 32 locations serving, you guessed it, Greek cuisine, and they are most known for their gyro. And yes, it is pronounced gyro, not gyro. Uh, that's how I grew up pronouncing it in Detroit. So we'll, we'll go with how it's supposed to be. He joined the company in 1996 as a regional manager and worked his way up to regional vice president. He left the company for a while and rejoined in 2019 as a director of sales and quickly thereafter became the president for the Great Greek Mediterranean Grill. Uh, his experience in developing prosperous restaurant franchises from pizza, burger, chicken, subs, and now Greek and Mediterranean uh, has gained him recognition from the national press, including Na uh, Nation's Restaurant News, Hot Concepts, and Fast Casual Magazine's Top Concept to Watch Awards. That's big, man. Bob was an avid and feared pinball machine player. That is a fun fact. Bob, welcome to the show. Thanks, Rev. I appreciate that. Great intro. Thank you. Now, we usually on the show skip talking about the fun fact. It's just a fun fact. But... <laughs> I am like so enamored with the idea of you being a feared pinball player that I actually, for the first time in the history of the show, want to address that. Two minutes on pinball. Talk to me. How did that happen? What did that look like? So growing up in New York, you know, we had the local candy store that always had pinball machines. And so uh, those bright lights and all the dinging and all the noise always caught my attention. And so I started playing and was playing really good. In fact, I think I shared with you at the age of nine, I had to go out and get a paper route to uh, to pay for, uh, you know, my uh, my use of pinball machines. My mother was getting tired of giving me money all the time. Uh, <laughs> I started working at nine years old to support my uh, pinball hobby. <laughs> OK, two questions. Did you have a, a favorite machine or is there still a favorite machine? Love the wizard. That was Damn. my that was my uh, uh, my game, which was. Uh, conceptually off the movie Tommy with the with the Who and it was just a lot of fun and I enjoyed playing that machine the most. Awesome. We were literally just listening to that in the office. Last pinball question. Do you own a machine? I don't. I don't. I don't think I could deal with all that noise right now. With, uh, <laughs> if I were doing it, okay. But if my kids or grandkids were paying, uh, it's too much. Alright. Restaurant marketing. Uh, what is the hardest part I mean, look, you're the president, so you kind of got to worry about everything. And I find that brands who have somebody in the top brass who cares about marketing are, for some reason, more successful because maybe they get it. But, you know, where does marketing fit into your day as the president of the business? How does that work for you? Well, you know, we look at it quite simple. Um, everything that we do is off a dollar of sales, right? So for us, it's always looking at how do we increase where do we find that next dollar of sales and drop drive the top line? That by far has the most impact on uh, unit performance and profitability. So we put a lot of time um, and effort, and um, you know, keeping it keeping it simple is the most difficult thing to do. Everyone wants to overcomplicate it, overcomplicate offers, um, overcomplicate. Uh, technology, and, and that's our biggest challenge is fighting through all those things to keep it keep it simple. It's still those true and tried methods of marketing are still the most effective. What are like the top, I don't know, two to five channels that you use for marketing? I'm sorry? What are like the top two to up to five channels that you use for marketing? Like what are the best performing channels? Um, so we do a lot of um, marketing inside the restaurant for feedback. 
and getting feedback out into the, the public space. And to me, you know, I've been tracking this for a long time with a couple of brands. The more positive feedback we get, the higher our sales go. So that in-store marketing with the customer and the customer word of mouth is still by far um, the most uh, the most effective. Um, having the right offers um, is something I think that's really important. And depending on where you are as a brand, in most of our markets, we're an introduction to the market brand. So having some really strong offers is really important, whether those are going through channels such as social media, Facebook, um, advertising. We still do direct mailings when we launch a store and have really good success for it. Um, and we've also started partnering with some of the third-party providers in really using some of their metrics and numbers to, um, to acquire new customers. That's been very effective. And lastly, I know you'll love it, the old email. I mean, we have uh, an email list that, that we grow and we monitor and we manage and we constantly set out. So I find the most effective marketing is not one thing. It's doing a number of different things um, and having a little bit more of a broader stroke to it to appeal to different audience, different groups, different segments uh, with different offers. Although you got to kind of always I call it the Taco Bell theory of marketing. If you surround people with Chalupas. <laughs> want a chalupa, right? That's why you get a billboard and you do direct mail and you send an email and a text message and in the newspaper, like, yeah, now I want a chalupa. I get it. Okay. I have follow-up questions to what you just said, and it might take the rest of the show. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, let's talk about in-store feedback. How do you actually execute that? We ask for it and we ask for it at every point. We partner um, with a group called Ovation. I know you're aware with, with, uh, of them. Um, Big fans. It's just, a, it's just a, a, an amazing tool for us uh, to drive feedback in the restaurant. That's how we first got introduced to them. And again, I can every brand I've been, I can show the correlation with increased feedback of positive results correlates right along with sales increases. So it's something that's always been top of mind for me. Uh, we also use Ovations now to pull in our feedback from other sources. There's actually 11 different sources that feedback is given. And sometimes a lot of brands are missing those, whether it's third party, we have a, 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 a menu, online menu technology that we use called Pop Menu, they get feedback. Um, obviously, everyone knows the Yelp, the TripAdvisor, the Google, right? We pull that in, but there's much more um, sources that that feedback comes in. So we pull it in. It really lets us put the pulse on what's going on um, in the brand from day to week to month. And we look at it. In fact, with our executive team, I review our results on our feedback every week. So we know what's happening across the brand, if there's any specific issues. And it's just been a phenomenal tool for us. It's amazing. I love this. Um, let's specifically go back to in-store for a quick second. So at the end of the meal is your your server. I mean, you, you don't have table service, right? It's counter? Counter. So how do you get feedback? Does somebody at the register go, hey, when you're done, fill out this form QR code? Or like, what's the execution look like? So, so although we are counter service, I would say we're the closest to full service because we stage out their meal like a full service restaurant. It comes on a real plate, real fork, real knife. And we have what we call five touch points of service where we want to engage with the customer from when they walk into the store to their ordering. And part of that 
um, those touch points is going and getting, asking them, what do they think? How was their meal? How was everything? And once, you know, we have that conversation, it gives us an opportunity to direct them. Um, we have a QR code right in the restaurant they can do, go get feedback. Um, we also give them, uh, we probably give them a, a free coupon or something like that. It also opens up marketing channels for us as well. The key to it is making it really easy for them to go and give the feedback. And that's what Ovation brings to the table, uh, brings to the table for us, but also our team members getting that feedback uh, right there in the store. Now, another positive thing is we've been talking about positive feedback, but sometimes there's issues and negative feedback. If there is uh, negative feedback given in the restaurant, at the store, on this technology, it will notify my manager immediately with a text message. So we can keep that problem in the store, solve it, um, do recovery uh, before that customer leaves the restaurant and maybe goes on a public site and gives some negative feedback. So it's again, it's a very powerful technology for us, but we work at it. It's part of our culture, getting that feedback. Awesome. So you're collecting feedback in store. You're applying to reviews, I think is what you just said as well, right? Where else are where else are you getting feedback? You said pop menu. So somebody places an online order, pop menu, emails them like an automation type thing. Yep, we get it through. If you go, if you went to our website and you went on our menu, you'll see there's reviews on our menu items. And so we get that feedback there regularly, either on that menu item or their experience all overall. We get feedback on all the third party. Uh, delivery companies. There's feedback mechanisms there that we pull from. We get direct feedback, obviously, from our website right to us. Um, we get feedback from, uh, like I said, the third, you know, all the aggregators, whether it's Yelp, uh, Google, and TripAdvisor. So I think that's uh, 10 or 11 places we get feedback that, you know, we go grab that information through our partner and then we drop it in and then we're able to see you know, what that feedback looks like, where are we doing really well, where are we having maybe some challenges that we need to give more attention to. We had uh, on a prior episode of the show, we had the CEO of Romeo's Pizza, Ryan Rose on the show. He actually has a predictive model, like literally you could put numbers into a spreadsheet to tell you what the success of a store will be based on feedback. Uh, it's pretty incredible. But I mean, you know, I think you're kind of on maybe not at that level, but point being like, I don't understand why other brands don't prioritize feedback in the same way. Like it clearly drives revenue. You know what I mean? It drives sentiment. It drives all kinds of things. Yeah. It, the point is a hundred percent correct. I believe I know why other brands don't is everyone's focused on the negative feedback, right? That I gotta, I gotta fix the negative comments. And the reality is when you look at the, the whole pool of feedback, you really should eliminate the super positive and then the really negative. That gray area is really where all the information is. But most uh, most executives that I know of and people that I talk to in the business, it's always talking about the negative comments where the reality is we're pushing our team to increase more feedback that's positive and then more quality feedback that's positive. And to the point, I, I can't predict what the sales are going to be. But if I look at those trends, it's just that we'll follow the trends of sales increases in a particular uh, unit or brand. That's awesome. What is the, 
what is the timing at which you want whomever it is on the team that's responding to respond? Is it like seven days? Is it two days? Is it 48, you know, 12 hours? Like how quickly do you want responses to happen? Yeah, so we have kind of two mechanisms, right? So the, the ovation, as I mentioned, if it's through that and it's in the store, we want that feedback, that response to be immediately, hopefully while they're in the store. If, uh, if, if everyone's doing their jobs correctly, that's what should happen. Typically, it's uh, 24 hours is, is the max. I like I think 12 hours is, is really the time frame, depending on where that comes in. Right. If it's you know, if it comes in at nine o'clock at night, it might be 10, 11, 12 o'clock before someone gets to them. But it should be it should be my ideal for me. It's eight to 12 hours. Worst case scenario, it should be 24 hours. It shouldn't go past that. That is incredible. Uh, by the way, uh, guest expectation on average is that a brand would respond within seven days. So if you're getting back in 12 hours, you have beyond exceeded expectation, which doesn't surprise me about your brand, but just everybody knows. If someone, if I made a complaint to someone and it took them seven days to get back to me, they could be the most skilled recovery person in the world. I just, <laughs> I would think they were too busy or didn't care. Uh, about me. We do get a lot of comments that, wow, I didn't expect the response so fast. It really diffuses a lot of people um, when they recognize, hey, we really do care um, about this. And so it's really important if we can capture it in the store, keep it in the store. That's why we go and engage the guests. But, you know, our whole business model shifted, Rev, right? We were, we used to be 50-50 dine-in off-premise, which was high pre-COVID. Now it's 70 dine-in, I mean, seven, 70 off-premise, 30 dine-in. So that feedback is happening now more and more off-premise. So we have uh, uh, that feedback constantly monitored so we can get back to people. Awesome. I love that. Okay, let's switch. Uh, third party. I, I know you're using it. I don't love it. Some people love it. Some people don't love it. How do you effectively make third party work for you? I'll tell you a funny story. When DoorDash first launched, I think it was, well, I don't know, it was probably 2010, 2009, somewhere around there. I was operating a, a brand and we did delivery and we had delivery drivers. And I remember them coming in with their clip, their clipboards and their red shirts and, and I could have chased them off with a bat at that point. We were executing <laughs> delivery quite well. Um, the reality is the Executing delivery requires um, high skill set for management. If you're if you're in a fast casual restaurant, some of the pizza guys do it really great. But if you have dining business and you're doing delivery, so it does take a little skill set. Initially, my initial response is um, I didn't like it. I hated it. Um, I think COVID they had us a little bit over a gun. I find now the 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 field is changing a little bit, and they're changing a little bit too as partners. Um, for restaurants. So about, I don't know, it's about 12 months ago, I decided, hey, I need to figure out how to partner with these third parties and how to use this um, as, a, as a positive and an advantage for us. And that's what we did. We went and restructured. We committed to advertising more with them. They've committed to providing us some, some better pricing. And, you know, our operators for really the first time have a net positive transaction um, with a delivery company. Um, and so, you know, it, to operate delivery in your store, it, it's very difficult. And a lot of operators 
um, find it really challenging. So you have to figure out a way to make it work for your specific brand. Uh, delivery is the fastest growing part of our business besides catering, but it's certainly the fastest growing in terms of the amount of orders. Amen. So are you running like ads and promotions in third party? Yeah, we'll partner with them on specific ads and promotions to drive um, recognition of our brand. And again, keep in mind, many of the markets we're going into, uh, we're opening our first location there. And when, when we're doing that or our second, we don't have the awareness and, and um, brand recognition that we do in markets where we have five locations or four locations. So by market by market, we'll take um, a different uh, approach, but they have well uh, well-developed customer base that they can really help us drive top line, but it has to be done in the right way. It has to be really thought out really well for each brand to make it work financially um, for a brand. Um, are you are you running promotions with them only for a new store? Or are you also doing it for an active store? Yeah, we'll do it for new and, and old. We just might do it in a different way. The intensity of it might be different. We might have a bigger spend right now i believe a couple of them have their their annual promotions going on where participate um in those as, as well so again it's one of the many tools that we use to drive business to our restaurant um i know uh like i said there was, it was it was tough to get there and what we had to do it was a puzzle we had to figure out how do i get there where a partnership made sense um because they were still going to deliver they were still going to provide deliver delivery service to me cheaper than I could do it if I was going to hire a manager staff internally. So we just had to figure out how to make it work um, beneficial for us. And I think we finally have it. And, and our franchise operators couldn't be more excited right now uh, about third-party delivery, especially those they, than they've ever been. That's awesome. Is it when you're running promotions, is it like an always on thing or is it like strategically, Hey, we're going to run a campaign now because of whatever reason. Yeah, we'll, we'll run a campaign. It's very similar to online promotion. We'll run a campaign based on a budget and, and satisfy that budget over time. And that's what I'm talking about. Some areas will have an increased budget. Some it will be more of a, a, a level, but it's the same same concept. Awesome. And are you running any conversion tactics to get them to order directly? Can't say. Heard. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's, let's talk about the actual promotion for just a second. Then we're going to move I just on. want to talk. I just want to go back and talk that before you get to the next question. <laughs> it's, really, it's really important as, um, I have a, I have a 27 year old son and, and I'm not a third party delivery user and, and, but my son is, and he just, he just clicks it and he buys it and it comes and it shows up. He calls me one day and he says, I can't believe it. I just, oh, it was a major national sub brand. He goes, I just ordered a sub and it cost me 20 bucks. I said, it's always cost you that much. You're paying more through that part. I said, next time try going to them directly and, and see what the difference is. So he calls me up about a week later. He's like, I can't, I can't believe I didn't know this. <laughs> the point is, is that a lot of people are starting to recognize the cost difference, as are the third parties. I mean, they're, you know, part of our negotiations was they wanted me to have parity pricing, which was to provide the same pricing on their menu as, as mine. And so that's the battlefield really going on right, right now is that recognition of bringing that consumer direct to us. And that's where our marketing comes in. So we might not be directly marketing to the third party customer, 
but we are marketing out to our consumer base to come to us, come direct. We got a great online, there's rewards here, um, all the benefits of ordering from us directly. Amen. All right, one last question on the subject and then we'll move on. Is there like a direct tactic you could share in how to run a successful promo with third party or maybe a tip you could give everybody? I would ask what we do, what I do is I ask that third party, what is their most effective tactic? And then we run that tactic. Amazing how smart a move it is to ask people, how should I do this? <laughs> yeah, it's not a tactic that I would think that usually that that's what, what I would do. The, the fact of the matter is the big three, I'll call them, they have phenomenal data and information. And that was part of, you know, creating a partnership with them and learning how to do it beneficial for us and for them is understanding what kind of data they can bring to me that, that we would never be able to, to bring because it goes across the restaurant industry, not just my customer base. So there are advantages for a brand to go learn those things and do it. But um, I say, ask them what theirs are because those are the promotions they lift. Heard, got it. All right, let's move on. Direct mail. Uh, I'm definitely a fan, not here in New York City, but certainly, <laughs> certainly in more suburban areas. Are you doing like New Mover? Are you doing EDDM? Is there a particular program you happen to like? Is it everywhere? Um, I, we have a company that we use for direct mail. We use it especially when we have uh, a new a new restaurant opening, and um, you know we do a very aggressive, very aggressive tactic. It's usually a bogo. Um, you know, I you know I had one person tell me once, well. A BOGO um, will get a less return than a buy one, get one half off um, because his customers don't want freebies or something just crazy. And the reality is I've been doing this for 25 years and something free is always the number one, uh, number one driver, whether it's, you know, a free salad or, or buy one, get one free, whatever it is, that's going to have the best drive. I find direct mail has to be a very strong offer. And when we do that, we usually return about $5 to one on our direct mailing, uh, which is pretty good. So we strategically um, place it and uh, it works well. Awesome. How do you measure that? Uh, we measure our spend to the sale coming in. Uh, that's one way. And then the part B is measuring it to the profit, the incremental sales and profit will drive from that sale. And that's how we'll come up with our ROI. So is the driver there like a coupon and you're counting the coupons or there's a code redemption? Like, how does that work? Yeah, there'll be a code redemption on the POS, just like any brand. And then we'll track it through our POS. The, the, the redemptions is part A and the part B is where the incremental sales off of the redemption. And then that's the job of, you know, our, our frontline team at the register and, and our marketing team and, and our training team and our operations team to make sure that, we're getting the incremental sales with those strong offers. Sorry. So in this case, is incremental sale mean that guest has come back for another purchase or is it spend over and above the offer? Or over and above the offer. So I come in for a buy one, get one free. Not only I buy one, get one free. I bought two more entrees. Okay. And then you're measure, measuring essentially whatever the gross of that sale was versus the spend, et cetera. Yeah. That's so awesome. we'll, do the, we'll do the spend for the sale and then you know, we'll also do the the profit derived from the sale by what the cost of, of the spend is. 
Amazing. And what's the frequency that you're sending a mailer to an address? Is it once a month? Is it once every three months? Do you have like a cadence? Uh, we don't have, well, so we always do it for, for a grand opening and we'll do it. You know, we have a cadence there. It's usually somewhere between the, usually somewhere between four and eight weeks. We'll, we'll hit that direct mail um, on a new opening. And then we do it, you know, we, we review quarterly plans of, you know, our locations. We have um, uh, business advisors who go into each of our locations to work with our marketing teams. If we need to lift sales and, and do a little bit more, we will. Um, but that's that's typically how we use it. Uh, it's, 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 you know, again, it's for us, it's doing many different things um, online, digitally, third party. Um, it takes a lot less planning and it's a lot easier to, to immediately do a spend. If you and I wanted to do a direct mail today, uh, it might take us, you know, four to six weeks to get that to a house. That's the disadvantage of it. So we'd like to use it more on especially grand openings and then, um, you know, maybe a reintroduction of, um, you know, if, if our sales aren't where we think they are, we need to, to hit some of the houses a little bit closer, a little bit more targeted. So it's more of like a, like once the store is open, it's essentially, it's a shot in the arm. Yeah. 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 Got it. Okay. We got one minute left here. A couple of speed round questions outside of anything we've talked about direct mail, third party. What is like the top one or two channels for new guest acquisition? Outside of those channels, new, I'd say catering. Interesting. And how are you getting new catering orders? Is it an advertising program, word of mouth? Um, you know, we 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 go out and we introduce, you know, we do it the old fashioned way, introduce our brand to people. We look for um, representatives of businesses in our restaurants if we see a name tag. Um, why I say catering is if you cater to a group of five or 20 or 50 or 200, which we do all of that. Many of those people have not been to our restaurant or they've never, they haven't been there for a while. It really reintroduces them or introduces them to the brand. That's the most powerful thing to bring people to our restaurant. Okay. So an office like mine here orders catering from the Greek grill. Are you putting coupons for everybody to take? Like, how are you converting that to like single guests? Uh, well, yeah. So after we deliver the food, we'll have a, a bounce back to come to the restaurant. All right, like, so here's my tray of euros and french fries, and here's a bunch of cards to give to everybody. Right, and depending on the operator, it might be a buy one, get one free. When I did at my restaurant, we could buy one, get one free, come in, and uh, it might be come in and get a free salad, free dessert, uh, whatever it might be. So whatever the operator wanted to do there. Again, I always like a big offer to acquire guests um, for the first time. If you had a 1,000 people who have never been to my restaurant, I'd line them up and feed them all for free. I know that I know they'll come back. I have eaten at your restaurant, but I would still take a free gyro, a free euro. Sorry. <laughs> All right, Bob, we're at the end of the show here. I knew this was going to be a great show. We've done this before live on stage. You always have amazing answers. Thank you so much for taking the time. Everybody, if you like the show, please share it with a friend. If there's a guest you think we should have on the show, please send me a recommendation. And I don't care where you're listening to the show, if you give us a rating. On, that sh on the show, on that platform, we'll be super grateful. And Bob, thank you so much, everybody. Have a great day. Thanks, Rev. Appreciate it. Really enjoyed the time.